and welcome to So You Want to Be an Engineer. I'm Katie Douglas, Director of Engineering at St Paul's School, and on behalf of the Engineering Society, I am delighted to welcome Carol Graham. Carol is the US University's advisor at St Paul's School. She leads a team of teachers who support and guide pupils who want to study at an American university. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Carol. Thank you very much for having me. I have to say that probably the majority of students that have gone to the United States from St Paul's I've been at St. Paul's in the last six years, have been engineers. That's fascinating. Also, I've got lots of questions that I have been given by pupils to ask you. Unfortunately, we couldn't actually get a pupil with us here today. So I'm going to be asking them on behalf of the Engineering Society. And their first question was, uh, what role does a U.S. university advisor, what, what is their role? What do they actually do? A U.S. university advisor, in particular for a field like engineering, but also the, the sciences, actually for everything, is quite essential because of the number of universities and colleges in the United States. We have over 4,000 higher education institutions in the U.S., so that is something to keep in mind when a student is looking at programs, because with 4,000 institutions, 2,000 four-year colleges, that means the student can face a bewildering array of choices. So our job as counselors is to help the student to uh, sort those out and come up with a list that enables them to uh, have a choice about where they go to college in the United States and be really excited about those choices. That's amazing. I had no idea there were so many universities in America. I mean, you know, it's such a huge country, but that's a huge number of universities to have to choose from. It is. And we have over a thousand engineering schools. Wow. Well, that leads on to one of the other questions, actually, which is obviously there are lots of universities in America. So which ones do you think are particularly good for studying engineering at? Because obviously pupils tend to automatically think of Harvard, Yale and MIT, but that's only three out of, as you said, over a thousand. So which ones would you say are quite good? Well, that's an excellent point. And you actually don't have time for me to go through all of the excellent engineering programs in the United States and why students should consider them. So I will just give students uh, some basic uh, guidelines in terms of searching for not only engineering programs, but, but colleges in particular. But let's say for engineering programs, because we're obviously talking to the engineering society. The first thing is students need to throw out that list of what they think are the best universities. When it comes to something very specific like engineering, they need to be looking at places that employers have heard of places where employers will be recruiting students, places that are known to produce outstanding engineers. The United States is an engineering country. All 50 states have engineering schools in them, and students need to look at uh, places that have really been uh, not just pioneers in engineering, but also places that are relatively uh, new. So, for example, uh, there's a school ca called Harvey Mudd, M-U-D-D, in California. It is a very small school. It has uh, only 800 students, uh, generally, but they have produced astronauts. They have uh, alumni who are teaching at MIT and these other places that students are, are looking at because they've heard of them. And the Harvey Mudd graduates are known to have higher salaries than anyone else uh, in the United States in terms of graduates. And that's not just on graduation. That's 15 years out. They produce outstanding engineers. No college or university uh, has a higher pay scale than they do. That's amazing. The other thing that they, students need to look at uh, is uh, the breadth of state universities. 
So the University of Michigan, for example, is one of our best engineering colleges. We actually have an alum there, Mark Bobrovnikov, I believe he's in Nick Wenninger's year, who is at the University of Michigan. When students in the UK think about, think the word state, often they're thinking less resourced, not quite as good as private, etc. That's not true for US universities. State universities in the United States are outstanding, and many state universities are outstanding in engineering. So students need to consider those. They also need to look at states that they might not think of going to normally for a holiday, such as Texas. Texas, uh, and in no small part uh, due to the presence of NASA, has lots of engineering colleges, and they are outstanding. So a student who is serious about engineering needs to look at Texas. And then finally, they need to look at uh, colleges such as Purdue University, which has produced many, many, many engineers uh, who have gone on to be astronauts, uh, gone on to be CEOs, and um, other professions involving engineers. That's why you need a U.S. counselor. <laughs> Very much so, yes. It sounds like quite a confusing thing to try to navigate without someone helping you. So would you say that there are some kind of common questions that pupils will tend to ask their advisors or in their advisor meetings? What kind of the common things they tend to come with? That's an excellent question, because uh, what I notice about the engineers is that they tend to look at very specific kinds of engineering. So very often, uh, Paulines will ask me or ask their, uh, their counselor, what college can I go to that provides this kind of engineering? Now, in some cases, that's a legitimate question. Uh, if you're interested in a very, very specific type of engineering, and I have had students over the years who are interested in something very, very specific, very specialized, then, uh, again, your advisor is there to help you do that. But I think that for most students, uh, it's a mistake to try to be too specific. As I say, we have a number of outstanding engineering colleges in the United States, really outstanding. And one reason they are outstanding is that they give you uh, a solid foundation in all kinds of engineering before you actually declare which uh, specialty in engineering you're interested in. An interesting thing about Harvey Mudd is that they don't have a specific major in engineering. You may do graduate in engineering, but you don't graduate in civil engineering or mechanical engineering. It's just engineering because they give you a great foundation in everything. On the other hand, the University of Pennsylvania, for example, has two types of engineering degrees. They have one for people who actually want to be an engineer, and they have another degree for people who want to use the skills and the uh, techniques in engineering to do other things. And so they recognize that. So my advice to students is find a university or a college that has a solid foundation in as many types of engineering as possible, because you may not know right away exactly what kind of an engineer you want to be, or even if you want to be an engineer uh, when you start the program. So that's actually really interesting because we've spoken to quite a few people so far in this podcast and a lot of them are coming back saying actually having that that general foundation is, is a really good place to start because often you don't know at the age of 18 what specialty you want to go into and starting with something more general allows you to kind of find yourself during that program and then specialise later. So that would be a really good thing about going to a US university if they tend to specialise more in that general side of engineering. And what other benefits are there about going to a US university over a UK one? 
Right. Well, I can't say benefits in terms of going over a UK one because I did not attend a UK university and uh, I, I try not to uh, criticize other systems. Uh, but what I, I will say is this, uh, is that I think a US degree is for students who are interested in other things than engineering. And most of the engineers that have gone to the United States from St. Paul's have told me that they love engineering. Engineers love engineering. And I know that my father was an engineer. They are passionate about engineering. But they had other things that they were interested in it as well. One student was an outstanding art student. And so he wanted to be able to study engineering, but also to study art. Other students are interested in the general atmosphere in a U.S. university. They like the fact that uh, they will be surrounded by American students, frankly, from all the states, that they have access to uh, U.S. companies uh, and alumni who are very interested in engineering and, and may be able to help them toward a career. And that's one thing that students looking at U.S. universities should do when they are doing their own research, which they should do. Your advisor is there to help you. But for U.S. applications, it is up to the student to do most of the research because only you know what is best for you. And one of the things you should be looking at is the uh, strength of their career service. Uh, will they put you in contact with alumni who can give you internships or advice? And do they have companies that come onto campus and recruit, including from overseas? Because obviously, uh, if you're uh, not a U.S. citizen, you might want to work in your own country. In fact, you, you would have to because you won't have a visa that will allow you to work in the U.S. right away. So you need to know that that university is allowing people to come onto campus who will recruit you across the world. So it must be quite different applying in for the U.S. than it is in the U.K. Because obviously in the U.K. we have the U.S. system and you apply centrally and it just goes off. How does the system actually work in America? That is a, an outstanding question also. It is very different. The United States has 50 states, and we have at least 50 ways to do things. It is very complex applying to uh, U.S. universities. There are some things that they have in common. Uh, so we finally, 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 after many years, decided that we should try to imitate a little bit what the U.K. does and have a what we call a common application. So it's not the same thing as UCAS, uh, but it does at least allow most of the information that a student would repeat to every university, uh, you know, name, rank, serial number, uh, you know, activities, that sort of thing, on one application which goes to everyone. But if a student is interested in engineering, engineering schools want to know what the student has done uh, in engineering. They want to know where your interest comes from. They want to know if you have any career goals. They want to know uh, what your um, activities have been. So although you are applying in the United States to the whole university, you're not applying directly to the engineering school as in its own applications. So you're using it, the common application, but you will normally tick a box that says, I'm interested in the engineering school. And that means then that uh, the form will uh, prompt you to answer some questions that are very specific to that engineering school. So that's one thing. So you will have a um, uh, very specific questions to answer on that. Like other students applying for other fields, you'll also have a general essay uh, to, uh, to respond to. And in our U.S. team, by the way, we help you with all the essays. They're your essays. They, they reflect your interest, your thoughts, your motivations. But we help you to be sure that they are tidy, that, they are, uh, that you are being articulate about what you want to say, and that you are giving the message 
that U.S. universities want to hear. Uh, and then you will need to have teacher recommendations. Universities uh, want to know that your teachers found you to be an interesting student, that you were a hardworking student, that you were somebody who read beyond the syllabus and who did things outside of the classroom to demonstrate your interest in the subject and your passion for that uh, particular academic field. And then your counselor will write a recommendation. And the counselor recommendation reflects what U.S. universities actually want to know about the student, which is not just, are you academically strong, but what else are you doing? Are you involved in lots of activities? Are you um, a good sports person? Are you good at music? Uh, are you good at um, particular hobbies that you have? And are you a good collaborator? That will also, by the way, be reflected in your teacher references. And I would note that engineering schools definitely want students that are good at collaboration, students that like working in teams and that like working with each other. What I will say, uh, because we're in this pandemic, is that U.S. universities are being very flexible in terms of the number and the scope of activities that they normally would expect of a student on a U.S. application. So they understand that um, no one is able to pursue their normal interest, whether they're in the United States or outside of the United States. So students should not stress about uh, that situation. You have a few years, but um, but but don't don't uh, be concerned if you're not able to pursue your normal volunteer work or other things that you do. That's really interesting. No, I, I know that as a teacher, I've had to fill out quite a few of those kind of university um, recommendations for teachers. I think I've done four or five over the years, and they're always so involved, so much more involved than the ones I, I produce for UCAS. It's always very interesting seeing the difference that's actually requested. So this question leads in quite nicely um, from what you've just been saying, and that is for pupils who are currently kind of maybe in, in year nine in our in our fourth form, or maybe even doing their GCSEs, is there something that they should be thinking about already or something they should be considering if they're thinking or looking ahead to the future that they maybe they want to go into engineering at a university, be it UK or in the US, what kinds of things should they be looking at now to prepare themselves? So I would say that uh, it's too early to be looking at very specific ways to prepare yourself for a US application. Uh, what you need to do now, uh, what students need to do now is just to study very hard and to engage in those activities that they really love whatever that is. And if that's tennis, or if that's swimming, if that's uh, nature, walks, um, you know, what have you. Uh, you just do what interests you, because they are not looking for cookie-cutter formula-type students. The most important advice I can give you for a U.S. university is not to try and manufacture yourself into the student that you think they are looking for. That is a mistake. What you must do is be you, uh, be an individual. And then what you will do is by the time you are ready to set your A-level choices, if you're still interested in being an engineer, that is when your actions um, come and decisions come into play. At that point, obviously, U.S. engineering programs, I assume like U.K. ones, expect a student to have taken math and physics, in some cases chemistry as well. So, but they would definitely want to see that math and physics A-level there if you are interested in engineering school. Other than that, they want to see an individual. And an interesting fact 
about our most technical universities, such as MIT, such as Caltech, and such as Harvey Mudd, is that they require one of your teacher recommendations to be in the humanities or social sciences. So interestingly, you can apply to University of California, which, by the way, is one of our top engineering um, universities, University of Michigan, Harvard, um, Yale, all of those places you can apply to with uh, a physics and chemistry recommendation or a physics and math recommendation or what we would call STEM in the United States, so science, technology, engineering, or mathematics. So you can apply to a normal university with two STEM teacher recommendations, but not to our most technical universities. MIT requires uh, one STEM subject, and then they want to know, what else do you know? So that second recommendation can be an English teacher, it can be history, it can be economics, but if you provide two STEM recommendations, they will come back and say, where is your humanities or social science reference? That is really interesting. And that's because they want, they want to be sure that they have students who have more wide range interest than just the sciences and engineering. We got two students into MIT this year, and each of them actually had an A-level in something else other than a STEM subject. That doesn't mean you have to, but it's important to to keep that in mind. They want students who can build robots. They do not want robots as students. And this is their way of filtering out people who will simply focus on uh, math, science, technology, the library, the lab, to the exclusion of other activities and other interests. I say, as somebody who knows nothing about the US application process, I found that absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure that the pupils listening to this will have done as well. So thank you so much for coming on and explaining how that all works, Carol. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. So You Want to Be an Engineer is produced by Katie Douglas, edited by Arthur Jenkins, and is a production of the St. Paul's School Engineering Society. If you would like to get involved with the podcast or with Engineering Society, then please contact us. Details in the description.